Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to all my listeners over on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember to rate and subscribe to the show. It really helps us. It helps the show go up in the charts. And I'm on my own over here producing and putting together all this content. I don't have anyone behind me helping me out. Um, so it would really help me if you could give me give me a five star one though as well, you know. Don't be scabby. If this is your first time listening and tuning into Red Room, welcome. This is the podcast hosted by me, Jenny Claffey, where we talk about all things weird and wonderful. That is everything from conspiracies to crime to cover-ups to the dark side of pop culture and really anything else pertinent in pop culture at the moment that can teach us a little bit more about people and how we react to all sorts of things and we're going to be getting into that on this week's episode. However, first off, I want to remind you all that if you are always waiting for an episode of Red Room, I only do them twice a month over here. There is weekly episodes and oh my god, there are so many. There are over 40 episodes live now on Patreon. We do a weekly episode and over there it's where I've honestly covered so much shit. Uh, For example, last month we did an episode on the Titanic conspiracy fucking mad was it a cover-up was it just conspiratorial did JP Morgan have something to do with this did he want to kill his enemies I think so we also spoke about navigating the world of psychedelics so I had the incredible Kira Sherlock on the show she is a shaman and she is a specialist and a wealth of knowledge when it comes to psilocybin and magic mushrooms and we had an amazing hour-long conversation all about using magic mushrooms and psychedelics for trauma using them even just recreationally how to use them the importance of using uh, the psychedelics that come from your own land I love that she made that point that we see so often people from you know places like Ireland going over to South America to you know experiment with ayahuasca when we have incredible plant medicines here and there has to be something to said with experimenting with you know experimenting with what your ancestors used to experiment and possibly being able to get a little bit more out of it as well. I also had Bonnie Ferguson on the pod who is an Irish YouTuber. She's from Northern Ireland and she specializes in the Saturn return. So we spoke about um, how the Saturn return influences the 27 club. So that was amazing. We looked into the suspicious deaths obviously of the likes of Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin. We spoke about Amy Wine house it was so interesting I gave basically the background to their life she went into the astrology so whether you're into just the pop culture end of things or the astrology it's definitely episode you'd love we've done so many live streams also we're doing one if you're listening to this on Monday the 2nd of May we're doing one tonight and we are covering the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial I'm going to be giving you my thoughts I'm going to be synopsizing as best I can what has gone on so far in this trial it is 
insane there is so much content out there i've been trying to keep up with it as much as i can watching literal four hour live streams every single day so i'm excited to talk to everyone what your opinions are we're going to talk about some of our favorite witnesses that have taken the stand and obviously all of the live streams are not only up for you to watch afterwards on patreon i also release the audio only as an audio podcast because i know not everyone likes to watch a show they also like to kind of listen along so six euro a month it's the start of the month if you are just dying for some extra content you also get these free episodes early so you get just so much I mean minimum six pieces of content a month uh, so that's a euro piece of content go on over there sign up www.patreon.com forward slash red room pod it's linked everywhere follow the instagram as well this week on the podcast oh I think it's a really good one so if any of you know anything about me okay I basically grew up on fucking Tumblr. I started Tumblr when I was about 18. I think I think I had just left school and I found it and it was like the first, even though I had been on social media before, right? I'd been on MySpace, I'd been on Bebo. There was never this like feeling that I was really connecting with many other people than that I already knew. Maybe a few people in the same city as me, but it never felt like a community until I found Tumblr. Tumblr felt like this community of people that had very similar interests to me, but also wanted to share their interests. They had niche interests. They introduced me to movies film like I honestly have not only met some of my best friends I literally my best friends on Tumblr I also have like learned and watched some of the best movies ever I have discovered just so much shit from that website but it also has had a bit of a bad name recently and people are now talking about how Tumblr like affected people specifically women uh, young women how it shaped their femininity and how different kind of archetypes of femininity came out via Tumblr and that goes beyond Tumblr in and of itself it goes into social media and how social media has shaped women and how women express themselves I wanted to do an episode on this for so long and there was really no one better than a one of my OG Tumblr friends Miss Eden Young who is the social editor of Polyester Zine or Magazine. It's an amazing publication based over in the UK and they also have a really great podcast. You should go check it out. I'll link everything below. Myself and Eden this week are discussing our origin story on Tumblr, what Tumblr was like, what how it felt to be on Tumblr in 2014, uh, how it shaped us as people. And then we go on to discuss kind of a little bit more deeper storylines. We talk about how Lana Del Ray blew up on Tumblr but also is blamed for a lot of the Lolita culture and sometimes bimbofication of women uh, we kind of ask those questions like is she responsible or is that just a reflection of society as a whole we talk about how cancel culture kind of originated over there so so interesting we talk about you know where did women go after Tumblr where did young women go we went on to Instagram and how did that affect us you know the rise of the influencer influencer culture over consumption um, and then finally we talk about some of the archetypes of femininity that we see as post tumblr these are the new iterations of the new chronically online female there's the that girl trend there's goblin mode which is a bit of a pushback to that and then finally we talk about how there are so many trends from Tumblr and even from beforehand that are re-emerging now and what that means everything from indie sleaze all the way up to the emo scene being reignited which is something honestly I thought never would happen but apparently I am wrong so enjoy this episode go follow Eden her Instagram is linked below it's doe eyes you'll find on our Instagram as well please leave us a five-star rating it really helps the pod and enjoy so Joining us today on Red Room is a long time internet friend of mine. I can't believe we're finally doing this. Uh, Eden Young. Hi, Eden. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh my God. Uh, absolutely. I When I wanted to do this episode, I thought, who better than one of my OG Tumblr friends? Like, Eden and I have been following each other like 12 years online and I mean, I was thinking about it when I was writing the uh, description of this episode. I was like, I don't even know how we began following each other because you're in Manchester, right? So like, how did we even find each other? I 
I don't even know, you know, I think it maybe has something to do with Taya, but I don't know. Yes, probably. I'd say so. Because like, that's, and we're going to get into it. Like the beauty of Tumblr was like that community element to it. But before we get into what we're going to speak about today, which is being the chronically online female and looking at that through the the years and how the internet has kind of shaped the online uh, woman, introduce yourself. What do you do um, just for everyone? And, you know, drop your Insta as well, just so people can follow you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Eden. Uh, I do socials for polyester zine and I'm a chronically online ex-Tumblr user. Yes. Uh, my Instagram handle is doeyes, that's doe with an extra e in the middle and then eyes. Because someone, this is the thing that I noticed as well, we are both using our handles that we've used for like the past 12 years online. Yes. And I feel like people don't really do that anymore. Absolutely not. No, that's okay. Uh, it's you're a city girl. Okay, yeah, you're gonna city have city girl. noises. One hundred percent. I've had this um, conversation with people before because, like, I'm so used to my Instagram name because it was my Tumblr name, and I don't even think about it like anymore. But people say it to me. They're like, "What the fuck is your Instagram?" And like, because everyone transitioned to like this kind of you know just being Jenny Claffey or Eden Young yeah. this kind of yeah. professional even all the bloggers did it mm-hmm. but I feel like a lot of the Tumblr people are still clawing on to that identity that we had on Tumblr because yeah. <laughs> I guess the whole thing about Tumblr was that it's this kind of not a secretive persona but you probably didn't want people to find out about it in real life yes. so you made this brand that was like your username and then now it's shifted and everyone's kind of like personal self is their online brand but we've still we're still kind of stuck in the past where we're like no we want our secret tumblr name to be our online brand I can't like let it go like I have a real weird emotional attachment to it Mm -hmm. and also how like when we started to transition onto Instagram it was how I found a lot of my Tumblr friends it's like how I followed you because I recognized your Tumblr name exactly. whereas I wouldn't have recognized your first and last name unless I like went in saw it was you recognized yeah. you um so it does have that's such an interesting point about like you know we've all made our own actual selves a brand now where Tumblr was like kind of what you wanted to create it it was yeah. within your own uh curation like whatever you wanted like doe eyes or pussycat to be mm-hmm. it was and yeah. you were meeting people like how we met who don't know us in real life so we could kind of just portray whatever the fuck we wanted to each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't have to use your real name. You can just be this sexy online persona. Exactly, and we were. Um, yeah. So obviously, we we've covered how we know each other. Um, but before we get into the main kind of topic, I'd love to just chat briefly about like our relationship with the internet over the last 10 or 12 years and even like before social media like we know we both use tumblr were you you're a little bit younger than me you're like five years younger than me you're still a millennial i had to check that today (laughs) i was like what are the you're like well you are on the cusp of like yeah i'm on the the cusp Mm -hmm. um your cusp if you believe in cusps Um, but you know so what was your relationship like with the internet was Tumblr your first exposure to that kind of blogging community or did you have were you a little online even in your earlier years I think it might have been the first kind of intense for I I can't really remember how I discovered it or how I first got onto it I remember being on MySpace vaguely a little bit and then like Bebo Um, but I just remember being very like obsessed with being online like I had friends that I had like on MSN and online friends even before Tumblr um so it's just always obsessively like trying to be on the internet Mm -hmm. yeah I think I I was similar like I I think what got me into Tumblr I was thinking of this too I don't know how I found Tumblr itself but I do remember like blogging starting and like real OG blogging like there was like Cobra Snake Fashion Toast was another one like the real old school blog spot and I thought that was so like crazy because it seemed so exotic or something because these were all these people living in LA and New York and uh, they were older than I was and I was probably I'd say I was like still in school so I was still kind of feeling a little like tied down um but when I 
started to search on how to make a blog uh, like I mean first of all it was like so cringe especially in Ireland like if you just cannot or back then you thought you could not like be like mm-hmm. out on the streets posing like hell no you still can't do that now and I'd say it's the same in the UK people are a bit like what the fuck are yeah. you doing bitch <laughs> so when I found Tumblr it was not only like a really t- like tech wise easy way to blog because you're just like reposting and there was no like setup of a feed and all this kind of stuff so I remember it just being really accessible to me especially as someone who like kind of just wanted to fuck around and shit post almost yeah yeah because when you see these people on blogspot they've got like it's like their own official website they've been coding everything I know they yes. do that on Tumblr as well but like they've got like an official layout and kind of like day-to-day posts and like you said like street style pictures and stuff like with that with tumblr i think it kind of transferred that across but made it like you said so accessible like we were just posting like webcam selfies absolutely and like kind of building it was almost like building um your own personal portfolio of like what you liked yeah and that kind of fed into like myspace as well for me because i loved myspace i always say like if you grew up on myspace you probably know a bit of coding which is so random (laughs) because you wanted it to like look good yeah like one of the songs to be playing and have like a different mouse like cursor and stuff you're like holy shit have you seen my new layout um and you could do that too with tumblr so Mm -hmm. it was kind of an extension of that and it had that like secretiveness so I think that's what really drew me to tumblr and tumblr similar similar to you like was definitely my first experience of like a very immersive I mean it was kind of a crossover between social media and a blog yeah. It had that, it really is the, like, I don't think there's ever been a social media app that I've been as addicted to. And it wasn't even an app, it was a fucking website. Yeah, you had uh, to like, log on. Yeah, oh, <laughs> and I was logged on, like, I was never logged off that bitch. It was hours, it was, like, like people talking about TikTok, I'm like, I was a scrollaholic on mm-hmm. Tumblr. It was never like, ending. All day. All day, constantly. Um, So, like... What what was your like draw then? You know, why were you like a Tumblr girl? What do you think like got you hooked on the website? I think well, I grew up in the countryside, and I was maybe maybe had like ne- not niche interests, like just fucking like the virgin suicides or whatever. Yeah, but everyone's like pretty normy where I grew up in the country. Everyone's like a farmer or like a horse girl, whatever. And then I obviously had this superiority complex where I was like, oh, I like Sofia Coppola and Twin Peaks. Like, yeah. no one's ever heard of these things. And then I go into Tumblr and then this is... Obviously, they kind of introduced me to those things, but there's this whole community of people who are also like, well, I'm better than everyone else as well. And it is a community and I just I just love that so much. Yeah. It's like a kind of a monster that feeds itself. It's like everyone's kind of supporting each other, backing each other up, introducing each other to new things and... I just did not have that in real life. Yeah, I I think I think a lot of people who thrived on Tumblr had a similar experience. Uh, You know, even if you did, like I grew up in Dublin City, which is like a small city by cities. But like even then it was if you had any form of what you perceived to be a niche interest, it it thrived on Tumblr Mm -hmm. and it kind of gave you that like superiority or like pick me attitude of like, oh, you guys don't understand cinema like I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I watched this Virgin Suicides. I, you know, I'm up to date. And like, even I'm pretty sure, like, strangely, the aesthetics of Tumblr introduced me to a lot of my like adult interests. Then I think the aesthetics of Twin Peaks, when I would see that being mm-hmm. posted constantly on Tumblr, was what got me into Twin Peaks. Yeah, it made me actually want to research and do further like digging into what I was seeing in front of me. Because I think the people on Tumblr would, uh, like, if they posted, like, a picture of Audrey Horn, they'd, like, know all about Twin Peaks. And I'd be like, oh, well, I can't be a poser. I have to know about it. Exactly. Exactly. You have to. But I suppose it's, like, an amazing resource for, like, say, like, 15 and just live in, like, a shitty town or whatever. It's kind of incredible when you think about it. Yeah. But, yeah, I love it. I loved it. I mean, like, I miss it still to this day. Mm-hmm. I miss the experience of scrolling on that website. Um, but I do think that uh, I'm getting onto our topic today is, you know, how the how something like Tumblr kind of influenced a lot of femininity and how women express themselves, especially around our age in our millennial generation. And then, you know, how we grew up from that, because you found it you were probably like as you said 15 I was like 19 
so a lot younger for you but I still do think it like shaped a lot of my self-perception uh both negatively and positively uh so like how do you like do you like resonate with that at all Definitely. I feel like you said there's this aesthetic, like everyone was posting Lana, everyone was watching The Virgin Suicides, and there was definitely like a type of girl that you would see on there, and everyone would be blog, and everyone would be trying to emulate that as well. Mm-hmm. And then there'd be people older than you that you'd look up to, and you'd want to be like them, and people would kind of wear the same things. And I feel like that happens a lot now with all these like really fast trend cycles of like all the e girls, the what was the like hula, not hula girls, but like. Oh, yeah. island girlies yes i feel like it's really a similar vibe because people would kind of wear the same things and try and copy each other yeah and funnily enough it's like the uh, the trend cycle is getting faster as the length of the content that we're consuming is getting like so tiktoks are like three minutes or less and the trend cycle is getting faster and faster but i do feel like in the 2010s they lingered around a lot longer like yeah. the whole uh re-emerging of like i remember when like riot girl came back around which mm-hmm. for trend cycle i mean i guess it's like 20 years or so uh, if you're thinking early 2010s to early 90s but it st- seemed to stick around a lot longer mm-hmm. um and i feel like you got you got to kind of go beyond like what we we're talking about earlier like go underneath the surface and dig down deeper from the aesthetic but now it seems to be to me from an outsider's perspective very based on the aesthetic yeah more surface level I guess yeah with the riot girl thing that would maybe lead people down the road of like politics and different music and then that would kind of lead you into other avenues yeah Um, but yeah maybe things are more because things are so video driven these days they're maybe just more like aesthetic driven definitely um so some of the early like archetypes i remember seeing i think the the most prevalent to me from tumblr was do you remember like the pale blogs yeah <laughs> like, like the bruises yes yeah. it was like i mean how would i categorize it was like bruises on shins pictures of shins with like frilly socks um and I'm not even sure if they were using like filters as we know it or what maybe it was like an early lo- use of a filter on a photo because everything seemed to be like lavender mm-hmm. um, I think it was very probably like quite Sofia Coppola inspired like it gives me very Marie Antoinette vibes yeah. and a bit of virgin suicides you had the re-emergence of as I said the riot girl which kind of led into grunge um, and then there was the whole other side of Tumblr which were like very like confessional style blog posts um, which fed into I what I see as like a very early uh, example of like the whole like sad girl aesthetic like you know having these over the top uh and overly vulnerable blog posts that you would never dare post anywhere else and it kind of fed into the idea of like the secret life on tumblr but it feels like everyone was kind of a mix of all of them whereas now you kind of have to pick something and go mm. with it like people would post a little bruise they would post some virgin suicides they would post like a really long text post about a boy that was being horrible to them everyone and then like maybe something like c-punk vibes oh my god c-punk <laughs> molly soda exactly I've... shit like, like there's so many different roads there were so many and you're so mm. right it was it, there was something about tumblr that was more about like it kind of goes back to that like collecting um like your, your personal portfolio it was like look how many interests i have like mm-hmm. i'm interested in all of these things and i know about all of these aesthetics whereas if you look at it in, in comparison to the likes of TikTok, as you said, it's very much like you're in your box. You're either like a dancer on TikTok or you're like an outfit of the day person or you're a candid, crazy vlogger. You know, it's very much you're you're put into your own little box yeah. um, and expected to not really veer out from that at all, yeah. which I, I would wonder how much that would like hinder young uh, people in discovering different interests. Like, because even though you know maybe some of it was a bit of a facade of like look how many interests I have I ended up with a lot of those interests yeah yeah maybe feels like the the tumblr world was pretty wide like the net was kind of spread pretty far whereas now you maybe have to hone in on your on your niche yeah and I think it would be you know 
through Tumblr it wasn't only interest it was like actually meeting like like the first kind of iteration that I felt was like online friends like mm-hmm. people like you or like Taya who I like made like IRL friends with and still am friends with in like the tangible world but I don't see that happening so much now with the likes of TikTok or whatever I think that you more it's more based on that uh, parasocial relationship definitely it doesn't seem like a friendship it seems like you're a viewer more so yes looking into someone's life rather than you feel a part of their life Mm. you mentioned earlier on like Lana Del Rey right I really want to guys I don't think we can talk about Tumblr without talking about Lana Del Rey I think you know I'm a huge fan I think you're a fan right oh yeah definitely yeah like I mean it's it's hard not to have like such a soft spot for her especially Mm -hmm. if you were chronically online in the Tumblr days yeah um but like how close do you think like her rise to fame was and the correlation between Tumblr and how much it was almost like a crowd crowdsourced fame right it was like people really pushed her to she was both niche and mainstream I think I mean I guess her stuff was pretty aesthetic driven from the start and it romanticized a lot of things that I think maybe Tumblr also was romanticizing at the time so then Mm -hmm. it kind of became she kind of became like this like figurehead of Tumblr I guess where you'd see like lyric posts and then like video posts gifts I even remember like when she was like first on like Jules Holland like the first ever TV appearance people like posting about that constantly and yeah it kind of feels like the whole website was behind her yeah and I think the DIY element of her first video of video games that was just yeah. Tumblr like in its essence and it was I would love to know because it was found footage right she was basically yeah. reblogging in video format which is so modern when you think of it now like pe- that's what people do constantly now yeah and there was always these rumours around, like, was it actually her? Because she claimed that she made the video. Who knows? I mean, I think the beauty of Lana is that there's so much mystery around her. And I don't really feel like digging into it. Um, but she definitely, you know, if we're talking about female archetypes, I think that she was the most pervasive that came out of Tumblr. It was that Lolita, uh, almost like the sugar baby culture too. Yeah. Not that she invented it, but it definitely latched onto her. A lot of her, you know, people would be very critical of her that her lyrics would glorify these things. Um, I never really know where to stand on that, you know, how personally responsible she should feel for a lot of that. It's just, but it, it almost feels like a persona with Lana. It's not like she's not responsible. I don't, yeah. I don't think. But it's kind of crazy that you'd say that, like, the, the, the video for video games is literally like someone's Tumblr dashboard. Yes. Like... The, and it, it almost makes you think, was Lana on Tumblr herself? Was she hiding somewhere? I think she had to be. She 100% had to be. Like, she first of all gives me major Tumblr girl energy. There's no yeah. way that woman was unaware of what Tumblr was. <laughs> um, and I think that she, like, of, of course her first album came out, but if you look at the likes of like Ultraviolence and stuff, it kind of followed the trajectory of Tumblr. It, mm-hmm. it went into more of that, like, sad girl confessional like talking like very openly about like struggles you're having with men or maybe like and also being quite vague around like some stuff like is there domestic violence going on here or are we just romanticizing that kind of vulnerability you know and she did it so fucking well and it was a symbiotic relationship between the two, so, I think. So true. Like, even the speech in Ride, when did, <gasps> that must have come out, like, 2014. Yes. I'm fucking crazy. But I, I am free. crazy. <laughs> like, the influence that had on Tumblr is unmatched. Like, you just can't compare it to anything today. And it's weird because, like, the virality of her stuff on Tumblr was so insular, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't, like, vir- virality now, but she went so fucking viral on Tumblr even though she was again as I said like 100% mainstream famous in her own right but I think that that bred like stan culture like her specific stan culture anyway was 100% cultivated from Tumblr because those people who now stan her so hard who are like my age in their 30s were probably just like late teenagers reblogging the ride monologue mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> And it's the, it maybe felt like the beginning of like this feral fandom where people were trying to find like the lost Lana demos and like the Lizzie Grant era and this like insane documentation that is now so normal. And like on Twitter, people are like rabid fans of Lana and of Charlie XCX. 
oh my god yeah people like that (laughs) but no you're so right it's like we spoke about earlier about like you know you wanting to dig deeper into everything on tumblr like it it no longer was enough to be a mainstream fan of lana you had to know the you know i've had people ask me that like what's your favorite unreleased song of lana and i'm like (laughs) oh my god like i feel like i'm in a competition but back then it felt like very real like you did have to know them you had to know the Mm b-sides and you know you'd call her lizzie that was a thing (laughs) You had some of the law. Did yes. she grow in a trailer park or not? Yes. Oh, was sure. she an alcoholic or a drug addict? Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like the, you'll steal. Like I still lurk the Lana Del Rey Reddit from now and again because that's mm. where that lives at the moment. And they, it's the same conversations twenty four seven. It's yeah. crazy. But she definitely, you know, shaped that kind of hyper feminine, as you said, like aesthetically driven, um, kind of emo-ness almost, yeah. you know, and, and around the same time, you've got people like Petra Collins, who, if we're talking about Sofia Coppola, obviously really, I think, relied on a lot of that aesthetic mm-hmm. to kind of push forward this like hyper feminine. And it was all under the bra- branch of like this Lolita blog, which... Yeah. You know, Lolita blogs uh, on Tumblr, if anyone's unaware, were kind of obsessed with the novel, more so with the movie, um, the 1990s rendition. It really didn't have anything to do with any of the earlier ones um, because of the aesthetics, again, you know. And I think both had an influence on, like, how women saw themselves and what we whether it was in the real world or not, what we kind of sought to be, like, aspirational. This, like, waifish, uh, bratty teenager. Yes, yes, the brattiness and the big underwear. Whenever I think of Petra Collins, I think of those huge white, un- the pe- yeah. like, white knickers. I'm like, that is mad. Like, yeah, but, and you the know, socks, like you said before. Yes, the socks. The socks. So, like... Post Tumblr, like, do you remember the fall off of Tumblr? I remember when it, it was like, I was like, come on, guys, get back on Tumblr. Like, <laughs> it's all that we have. And I um, think it was Instagram, right? Yeah, yeah. There was the maybe like 2014, 2015, there was a transition and people were still using both. Mm-hmm. And you could repost your Instagrams onto Tumblr. Yes. And I remember I still would get like maybe like 50 notes, then it'd be like 10 notes, 8 yeah. notes. And I'd be like, shit, it's like a ghost down here. And maybe 2017, I stopped using it altogether. Yeah. I Yeah, I think I was the same as you. Like, I was like mm. a clinger honor. Like, I yeah. was like holding on for dear life to that fucking website mm. because of how much of an emotional attachment I had to it. Because it, it, like, I met people on it. I discovered so much from it. And I just wasn't getting that from Instagram. Yeah. Um, And I think that that, like, all of, you know, the post-Tumblr woman kind of ended up on Instagram and flailing around a bit not really knowing what to do like my early Instagram was even very like trying to make Tumblr be on Instagram yeah yeah. which just didn't work no I think Instagram took away the the ability to find people that you would never find in real life yes it became very much like in real life like someone from school is like fucking following you and stuff like that yeah (laughs) um Whereas Tumblr, you could just randomly see this amazing, like, really cool lady. And you'd be like, wow, I'll follow her. She seems cool. And then, like, your followers would become her followers and her followers would become your followers. But I feel like Instagram just removed that completely. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Absolutely. It was way more of that, like, echo chamber where it's so hard to find anyone new or 
uh, find anything that's like outside of your own immediate circle yeah. um, and I'm kind of seeing on Instagram funnily enough now like a lot of these kind of very Tumblr-esque Instagrams pop up. Like, they're all these aesthetic Instagrams. Like, they'll have a theme. Like, you know, if you think of a lot of the, like, vintage ones or, like, there's, you know, the 90s ones that post all the models. So I'm wondering, like, I'd love to know, are the people behind that? Like, in my mind, I'm like, it has to be younger people because I... I don't know if people in their late 20s, early 30s are making Instagrams like that, but it also wouldn't fucking surprise me if it's, like, Tumblr users. Yeah, someone clinging on. What do you mean, like, Instagrams, that's, there's, like, Velvet Coke and stuff yes. like that? Like, these aesthetic ones. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's probably someone from Tumblr. Yeah. Or someone older. Like, to find the references as well, surely you have to have, like, a pre-understanding of, like, other popular culture or older popular culture. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think, like, to even some of the, the motifs that I'm seeing repeated on them mm-hmm. are very Tumblr. Like, it's, like a couple like a really skinny couple in bed like kissing mm-hmm. you know and then a quote <laughs> and then it was very much how you would like curate your tumblr i remember yeah. looking at my tumblr being like okay it'll be like webcam pic and then like a mm-hmm. quote and then i'll write something whereas like i never even now when it's like part of my job i've, I've never been really interested in curating my instagram feed at all no and I think if you see someone's personal account that's really heavily curated you're just kind of like ugh they've put it gives in too you much ache. effort yeah 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 for sure yeah whereas the with day, Tumblr like, the effort was like admirable yeah I like you used know. to if I was like going on holiday and I knew I wouldn't be able to go on the computer all the time I would like queue things and like, oh set my up my God. queue to post like every hour and like I would have yeah like you said like this and then a picture then a film and then which I forgot about insane. the queue. I forgot. I even forgot the like the term notes. Like if you, any of you guys weren't yeah. on Tumblr, notes were like likes, and then you would reblog and like add a comment, which was like getting a comment. Um, did you ever go viral on Tumblr? Yeah, I think so. The first I posted like this selfie that got like four hundred notes. Yeah, um, yeah, and that was kind of the first time I really saw like a build up of followers. Um, but I think I, I just used to post stuff from films. I posted like a picture of uh, Winona Ryder in like Reality Bites, and I got yeah. like twenty thousand likes <laughs> or notes or whatever. <laughs> but then people would come to your profile off of that, whereas I feel like it maybe doesn't happen on Instagram. Yeah, that's so true. Like the, it was the the it was a huge ease of like going viral, and I think it's because it was. Mm-hmm the early um, iteration of the internet like relied less on an algorithm Um, you know it was more like organic you were actually just reposting and then if I saw you repost something I would probably go on to that blog and be like oh this looks cool and I can find cool shit from this for my blog it was a very much like sharing we all shared each other's shit you know what I mean you like didn't need to rely on the algorithm either yes exactly it was just you just doing it because you enjoyed it yeah, so you were like not like slave to the algorithm, mm-hmm. which is like truly the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. I remember when I went viral, it was like a picture of me and two of my friends at the time, like lifting our top up over our head, and it was like really like grunge. It was like taken on disposable, and like we were wearing like top shop bralettes and like mm-hmm. cut off denim shorts, and like it, it went like mega viral. But like of yeah. course, it's like your picture of Renan Wider, a writer. Our faces weren't in it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah. it was always the most anonymous post that went yeah. like super viral, like mm-hmm. this. I think another one that went viral for me um, oh my god it's so chronically Tumblr was like I took a picture on my webcam of these like Jeffrey Campbell like heels that I got that were like super platforms if I had them now they'd be so fucking in I remember being like platforms will never come back and it was just of my feet and my legs and that went like mega viral on the pale blogs yeah and I was always like god damn it why won't it just be a picture of me or like (laughs) something I wrote (laughs) yeah it's just pair of fucking shoes well yeah, yeah like you said it would it the the ability to go viral was so easy if you just kind of pick the right aesthetic like you said disposable camera webcam pictures one of my disposable camera pictures of me like the back of me running with like my hair flowing in like a black velvet dress like yeah. a few notes <laughs> shit like, that. like if you if you kind of honed in on what people wanted to see you could really easily get loads of attention yeah there was a very easy motif to copy that you knew that you could and you it was pretty guaranteed you probably would go viral like the hashtags worked back then too if you hashtag pale blog they'd find it they blow it up for you so it was and it was very like as you said it was easy and then therefore it was easy to reach more people make more friends build a bigger community 
Um, I'm interested to know your take on like whether I I always mull this over. Like, did cancel culture and stuff start on Tumblr? I kind of feel like it did in a way. I think it did. It probably existed before then, but yeah, there was no traction. Like, who you're going to cancel someone in real life? Like, no one cares yeah. really. Yeah. Obviously, people. I mean, back in the day, people got exiled, didn't they? In like medieval times. Exactly. That was, that yeah. was the original cancel culture. <laughs> but I think like. Um, people were so quick to pounce on things like there was that Tumblr, your fave is problematic. So like oh it kind of goes. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> so it goes back to like the everyone on Tumblr thinks they're better than everyone else, which is mm-hmm. nice when you're all together. But you'd be like, I like Katy Perry, and someone would be like, Well, did you know she did this? And did you know she did this? Check out this Tumblr. So I think that was maybe the first iteration of that, like people breathing down your neck where you're like innocently saying I love this person they're like well in 2012 they said this yeah and I remember it with Terry Richardson and I remember Mm -hmm. it like a big one was like uh you know if you loved Lady Gaga they were like well she just did a photo shoot with Terry Richardson and I also remember it with like American Apparel and Dove Cheney like that was super viral on uh Tumblr too and I remember not a lot of people really knew it from like my real life but online it was like so popular Mm. and it made you feel in the know and I think that is kind of the essence of like I guess like when you talk about cancel culture I more so mean like you know crowdsourcing and online activism sources like well did you know that they're this and they're that and I'm better than you and I know this more than you and you were unaware but you know you're problematic now and now that I've told you (laughs) you've got a decision to make girl (laughs) you either can be good or you can be evil what do you decide? Yeah. By listening to Bad Romance by Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> but so, like, it's so, so true. true. But I feel like also a lot of the people who, you know, that really did transpire over to the other social media apps, over to mm-hmm. Twitter, over to Instagram. And it probably was people who were also on Tumblr who got this feeling. Because like deep down, I think when you talk about online cancel culture or whatever, it really is like a feeling of community because everyone's mm-hmm. like banding together to do what yeah. they feel is right. Um, whether other people think it's wrong or not, I don't think it matters. I think it's more like it's interesting more so to look as like a human behavioral aspect of like, you know, we're all, you know, on board mm-hmm. to like, cancel fucking terry richardson who never really got cancelled as well yeah like like where, what what does he do now he's probably still working now i'd say so like i yeah. haven't looked into him but it, yeah. what's funny is like i wonder was it was it the fear of cancel culture when he saw it pop off especially during me too where he wasn't going to work again because i'm pretty sure mm. I, I used to see his stuff still up until like 2016 you know that way 2015 he was still like you were kind of like how the fuck is he still working but I wonder did like me too pop off and he was like okay I'm out I'm gonna go (laughs) and live in the woods now or something or was it such public knowledge that no one really cared to expose him because it was already exposed I don't know yeah I feel like people probably just didn't care either yes 100%. Like, it's like one of those things that even when he was really big at the time, it was probably like an open secret. Like, I mean, he's called fucking Uncle Terry. Like, yeah, it's in his books. It's not, yeah. it's not a, any, any mystery that this guy's a creep. Like, yeah. I mean, there's literal was... pictures in his books with his dick out and a girl yeah. sucking it. It's like yeah. he has taken photographic evidence of the misconduct. So yeah. it was kind of hard to get that shock, which you did from like other people, like maybe like the Weinsteins that like members of the public were completely unaware of who he was before all of well I was anyway I'd heard of his company but nothing about him um so let's move on to maybe some like modern kind of internet female archetypes like which I do all feel have their roots in Tumblr culture somewhere um obviously as we said we moved from Tumblr onto Instagram and I think that Instagram has shaped femininity like just more than anything because Tumblr was more about self-expression and I feel you know we spoke about it about interests and community but Instagram definitely just took the aesthetic side and with obviously the growth of of, uh, Instagram you've got like influencer culture like overconsumption then you've got like facetune and the motif instead of being like where there was a, an aesthetic motif on Tumblr to go viral, 
the, the motif for Instagram always seems a little bit more sincere to me or something or a little bit like creepy you know mm-hmm. it's a bit more like you have to have this like Instagram face and kind of have no interests that's yeah. it, it never was like a cool thing to have like loads of niche interests on Instagram how do you think like Instagram from your perspective like shaped kind of modern femininity post Tumblr I guess a lot of Instagram is that you just kind of have to be like not like a mannequin that sounds like really like that's way too deep but just kind of like uh something that people can project onto Mm. whereas you being like I love this like say if like one of the big Instagram girlies came out and was like oh my god like I love chess I love this like I love all these weird films people would be like what this is really strange you just kind of have to be like this kind of perfect vision people can be like wow I want to be like that yeah and it it leans into that parasocial relationship right Mm -hmm. where it's like you have to be the perfect canvas for people to project their parasocial relationships onto because the minute you show and even when you think of things like cancel culture whatever someone could come out and be like oh my god I love x y and z and the fear from them of all of their audience giving them backlash over something that they're unaware of probably stops a lot of the Instagram girls from expressing any form of individuality Mm-hmm. Um, but also individuality would possibly hinder them in a way too you know where it's like and that's the mainstream Instagram girls I think there are like kind of underground Instagram girls that a lot of people latch on to as well um, who are more like micro influencers I guess they're not like super mainstream um, I want to talk about the that girl trend um, I find this like definitely a post Instagram kind of thing yeah, I feel like it's maybe more influenced by YouTube. I don't mm. know why. It seems like it has its roots in, like, Zoella and, like, those kind of girlies. Yeah. Um, that are making these, like, really heavily curated, thought-out videos about their, like, routines and their day-to-day life. I feel like it definitely did not come from Tumblr. Tumblr was very much, like, sex, drugs, rock and roll. Mm-hmm. How would you describe the that girl trend if someone doesn't is unaware it's a very health conscious, usually probably pretty wealthy uh, girly that does yoga, loves green juices, loves going to the gym. Maybe like an Emily Mariko type of type of girl. Very that. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's usually like the whole like they always live alone in a mm-hmm. studio apartment. They have, but they also are like into like wellness and spirituality and, yeah. you know, astrology and tarot. Um, singing bowls would be something that would come to mind for me. Like, I, I, I don't know if you watched the new uh, Kardashians, but I feel like Kendall Jenner is trying to kind of rebrand in this. Yeah. Like, the opening scene of her was like using these singing bowls. And I'm like, oh yeah. my God, girl, like, come on. Like, she's gone from horse girl to that girl. Yeah. Even with her, her house and like the aesthetic of her house, it's very much like that kind of thing. Yeah. it's like instagrammable or curated for like a feed Mm -hmm. more so than like curated to her likes or whatever yeah um and yeah you're totally right that it it has its roots in youtube it's kind of that like vlogger uh like zoella for sure and like the the uk kind of first round of influencers and uh youtubers that would do like morning routines like even to have like a, a dedicated morning routine is bizarre to me like people ask me like do a morning routine and I'm like bitch I don't have one like <laughs> I get it it's like <laughs> yeah, it's like, like a, cup, a cup of coffee and possibly not get dressed for a long time yeah. um push it off as long as possible which kind of brings us into our next one which is like this new uh goblin mode which you did a really great episode on the polyester podcast of which is so great I was listening Thank to you. it during the week it's really really great so um what would you describe goblin mode as then I guess goblin mode is the anti-thesis to the to the, that girl because that girl seems like her she's got her shit together her life is in order goblin mode is maybe like you call in sick to work and you're just lying in bed rotting and then you like go out on a night out and then you're just being a bit feral you're doing weird things you're like talking to strangers you're really just going for it goblin mode is definitely tumblr like if i was to ever think of when i was in goblin mode it was tumblr it was like Mm -hmm. waking up hungover as fuck from like a night out before of like heavy drinking Mm -hmm. possibly like a domino's thing beside me on the floor like something vile like that not drinking any water drinking diet coke and scrolling on tumblr that was it 
Yeah. And dear God, that sounds stunning. <laughs> so good. Perfect like, day. Like there's nothing I love more. Like I still crave that. Like mm-hmm. the odd time, because I live with my partner now and like sometimes he'll be like, oh, I'm doing like X, Y, and Z all day. Or like he's a photographer who so might be out in location far away. Mm-hmm. And I get like fucking horny at the thoughts of like if I have nothing to do that day of like indulging and watching like absolute shit like looking like shit and it's nothing to do with like the fear of being seen like that but there's something so comforting about like indulging in that when you're on your own because it's as you said it's like being feral and like indulging in it like I fucking love it yeah it's totally throwing the morning routine out the window absolutely your morning routine is your night routine exactly yeah 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 and just uh just yeah throwing caution to the wind I guess and I feel like Tumblr really uh aestheticized that back in the day like it was cool to be messy yeah absolutely like along with some of the you know which we'll talk about in a little bit like the whole like indie sleaze kind of thing was a lot of that was you know late nights cigarettes partying and you know there was disposable photos of like you know someone's bedside locker with like an empty pill box and a box of Marlboros and like a fucking packet of Johnny's or something and it was like wow like and I think that it is like that like physical and aesthetic protest against like the Instagram standard of beauty you know it is this kind of you know like it's like self-care when it's aesthetic is that girl but when it's almost in its essence it's really goblin mode because like you're just being one with yourself and like not giving a fuck really Mm -hmm. and indulging in the things like the earthly delights that you love and hedonism in a way as well comes to mind yeah oh yeah very um, so something I want to talk about as well, which I'm interested to get your take on, because I've noticed that you post the HRH clips. I like, I mean, it seems like a sin to admit I stand, but this is a new type of female that is really being being like celebrated online. Not so much her is new, but like the f- earliest iteration of this that I saw was like Trisha Paytas. Yeah. I feel like for millennials, Trisha Paytas was the problematic queen that mm-hmm. everyone couldn't but stan um i feel like kind of public perception on her has changed over the last maybe two years or so but she had a long reign and probably will continue to do so um hrh collection if you guys i mean i'm sure you guys know who the fuck she is but if you don't like she, she's had a load of really viral sounds um on tiktok which is funny because she hasn't even posted them yeah. it's just her being her true problematic self but why do you think that these like kind of like objectively problematic women are embraced in a way by millennials and zoomers i mean from my personal experience when I was back on Tumblr in like maybe like 2012 I remember when Trisha first appeared and Mm. she'd be posting all these videos about why she hates feminism why she hates this I remember being so angry I was like who is this I hate her so much and then as not that my politics have changed I'm still a feminist but like I think as feminism has been capitalized upon you just kind of become sick of it and I'm just like it's just not what it what it used to be and I'm not the person that I used to be online and I just mm-hmm. feel like Trisha although she she has changed herself mm-hmm. trying to find the point here but I just feel like the behavior that she portrays is kind of like refreshing yeah I and think I think it's like, like it. and I think it, a lot of it is as well like you know when you were it was almost like early exhaustion from social justice, right? Yeah. Like when you and I were on Tumblr, like there did feel this like internal pressure. I don't think anyone else was putting the pressure on, but it was very like to get this information out there. We were posting a lot of like feminist literature and points. And there was a period of time on Tumblr where it got very political, yeah. Um, I feel. And I think that when you are putting this pressure on yourself, to post like that so often it's kind of refreshing when you see the complete antithesis of that and you see someone being so just you know what what you would experience and perceive to be like so problematic online you're like but there is that kind of you almost respect it in a way in a weird way you're like oh my god you were just being yourself and it's insane yeah without even caring what anyone else is gonna say Absolutely. Like, and I think 
if anything, it like shows like like your like our palette now for the controversial is I think at its height because we're really exhausted from like you know quote unquote woke culture online which really to that extent only exists online it doesn't exist Mm -hmm. in my day to day I'm not going out like to the pub and having conversations about like gender identity you know no no absolutely not even if I'm with my like queer friends like it's not coming up we're talking about HRH yeah when I think it's yeah it's it's so online like the pe- the takes that people have on twitter are so insane like if someone said that in real life you would just be like what the fuck are you talking about yeah. i think for people like us who have been so chronically online since like 2010 we're just so fucking sick of it like so it's... sick yeah so when someone yeah. comes along and is just like truly unhinged like hrh collection is saying the most insane stuff but we just go yeah fair play you and there's you. something like genuinely hilarious about it yeah. and not even in a laughing at her way because no. within some of her insanity there are nuggets of genius at times yeah. and you know it's it's like all of our minds just like turned up to a 10 when you're mm-hmm. feeling exhausted from like internet culture and internet political discourse mm-hmm. um and I had like a note written here where it's like you know if goblin mode is this kind of like physical protest and aesthetic protest to the new standards of femininity that Instagram and to an extent TikTok have kind of pushed out to us on YouTube embracing like problematic queens like Trisha and Alex from the HRH collection is kind of like a psychological and ideological protest to like the moral standards that we're expected to uphold via the internet so it can feel like you will see a lot of LGBTQ plus community fucking love Alex and she is like an outspoken Republican anti-vaxxer. Yeah, but they're the ones that have made her famous. Like, they're the ones that were making the sounds on TikTok. Yes, and loving it. And, you know, there's always this tongue-in-cheek aspect of, like, oh, she's outrageous. But I think a lot of it starts with, like, outrage. Like you said earlier on about Trisha, it starts with outrage and it turns into being really endeared about someone. And you get really interested in them. And I think it's because it's authentic in a way. Like, even if it is slightly a character for both of them, Mm. I think there is an authenticity there and everyone has a little problematic queen inside of them. (laughs) And it's it's so rare to come across, I think, in this uh, day and age on the internet where everyone is so right on and everyone has to share these infographics and everyone, you can't say that and you can't say that. Mm -hmm. That's why we love it. Yeah, and it's like that kind of confessional idea of, like, Tumblr where... I remember writing fucking wild shit on Tumblr. Like, and like, not in a like problematic way, but I was like talking about like sex a lot more people, like using names, like just OTT stuff that now when you see, like back then the the internet was so personal. Now the internet's so political. So it's like having these like openly political thoughts, you know, and speaking so brazenly. Imagine just like posting on your story. Yeah, so I fucked this person last night, blah, blah, blah. Their dick was like this. No, literally. Insane. Literally. <laughs> but like, we were all doing it. We were all doing it. And I used to like fucking, like I was thinking about this the other day. I would write these insane Tumblr posts and post the link to my Tumblr on my Facebook. <laughs> I was like, hey guys, new blog post is live. Like what the actual fuck was I thinking? that's crazy I know this was like late Tumblr like as well and I was like I completely didn't have the concept that people could go back and read all shit I was Mm. like hey guys go check out my Tumblr and then like people would come up to me and be like what the fuck were you writing and I was like why are you guys so annoyed at my Tumblr this is the vibe okay you're like like Alex I'm like you need a vibe check you You guys don't know the vibe (laughs) it's not the vibe it's not the vibe and it's not she's right so to to end up um i'd love to chat very briefly about like three of the big trends that i'm seeing coming back that again goes into this like very fast trend cycle so we first have indie sleaze um i think i would consider you to be quite an expert on indie sleaze i've seen you post a lot about it on your instagram how would you you, like how would you define the aesthetic or like the i mean is it just an aesthetic or is it a vibe I guess there's a lot of I guess the main thing was like the music and like yeah. the bands um I was maybe like an aspirational indie sleaze or because I was like 15, 14 15 when it was kind of really kicking off so I couldn't like go to the club couldn't go mm. and 
sniff loads of MCAT or whatever they were doing back in the day. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I was maybe kind of looking up to them a little bit. But yeah, I guess it was like all those bands like Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, CSS, even earlier, like The Strokes, LCD Sound System. Mm-hmm. It was blogs like Hipster Runoff. It was like uh, Flash Photography. Cobra and- Snake. Cobra Snake, exactly. Um, and these like just like messy party girls. Yeah, I think the music maybe defined defined the era the most, but it was kind of like music was almost secondary to it, and it was it was yeah. kind of about the aesthetics. Yeah, and the culture that surrounded it. Yeah. Why do you think yeah. it's on its way back? Because there's been this big uproar of people saying like Indus Indus is coming back. Like, and I was old enough to live through Indus although mm. I was probably still an aspiring one. But you know, it was the whole club culture of like club photography and these kind of candid photos of your nights out and the drunker the better as well. Yeah. Which like people nowadays would never be caught fucking dead. Like, they would be like, no way. Am I outwardly being, like, blasted drunk? But back then, it was like, look as drunk as possible. Yeah, yeah. For it to to be cooler. So I wonder, is this also kind of a backlash to kind of what we've been through already? As you said, like, the super curated nights out of, like, girly cocktails Mm -hmm. and in, like, some sort of, like, pink Instagrammable cocktail place. Like, now Mm -hmm. are we going back to that feeling of wanting to, like, run feral again? Yeah, I think I think that's why because everything is so curated. Like all the girlies posting a picture against the floral wall. We all know how the fucking night ends. We all know that you're all f- fighting with each other in the takeaway, falling onto the floor. Like show us the real thing. Yeah, like we all know what's gonna happen. Document it. Yeah, yeah. Like fuck the flower wall. Get on the floor. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think maybe people are people are starting to see through that. Like. um and how maybe people wanted things to go back the way that they used to be, to be less yeah. curated. With all the photo dumps and stuff that people post on Instagram now, mm. um, that was and maybe saw, like the start of it. I think, yeah, the photo dump stuff, I, th- I saw Instagram going back to being like how it was at the mm-hmm. start, kind of. Yeah. Um, and I remember, I, I've also seen recently like smoking cigs is back in, mm. like, which is something that, I mean, I can't believe I'm like kind of delighted to be honest with like cigs are like a thing now like the children on TikTok are smoking away Mm -hmm. Um, we're gone away from the vapes I see you're smoking a vape very (laughs) millennial of you Eden it's the most (laughs) uncool thing as well like vapes are so uncool so uncool no only if you have the one with the huge battery pack oh that's true yeah imagine like Lou Reed smoking one of those like (laughs) so uncool When Lana started smoking the vape on stage, I was like, girl, like, I loved it when she would smoke the cigs. Yeah, just with the one cig. That was, like, like the, 2014 there... ultraviolence era. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it was beautiful. And mm-hmm. I think that's the thing, like, with, uh, you know, when you see a, a celebrity smoking a cig, I remember being, like, obsessed with that. Me and my friend Devin used to Google pictures of celebrities smoking cigs. I don't yeah. know what the fuck. We were like, oh, my God, they all smoke cigarettes. But now when you see them vaping, you're like, oh, Ugh, so yeah. losery of you. I love Natasha Leon's thing at the Met Gala, which was, like, the bag just full of cigs. Oh yes, because yeah, like he, I guess because maybe they're not allowed to, like maybe they're not allowed to say we love or like be seen smoking cigs. Oh, I feel like they're not because I think mm. it's like you're not even allowed on American TV to show no. like someone smoking, which is so bizarre. Yeah. Um, I always, I also find like, which I guess it was inevitable, but the resurgence of like the Y two K style, but mm. how it's being embraced by like very young Zoomers is very interesting to me because they're like arguably like. Oh my god, what, the, what is going on outside? Oh, some guy goes past every day with a speaker playing music off his bike. Every day. Can <laughs> you hear it? Yeah, I was like, my every god, is there a parade day. on? No, even during lockdown. It's like, he's got like a big boombox on his bike. Oh my god, look him. What a cutie. Making the atmosphere for us. Yeah, um, exactly. He's in like these he is he is in these leaves. Um so like the Y2K like the the real like young Gen Zers I'm seeing like really embracing like Y2K style even though they are the most woke and I'm like it's so funny seeing them embrace the aesthetics of a time mm-hmm. that they would perceive as so fucking problematic I'm like babe we were wearing low cut jeans cuz we had eating disorders <laughs> like, we were bimbos because all we wanted to do was attract men 
exactly like we didn't see like the irony in the girls in the Playboy Mansion we like wanted to live with Hugh Hefner yeah yeah we couldn't see they're being horrifically abused yeah. and didn't eat anything oh it God. is crazy but like I mean I see like I think that's going to come and go really quickly as well. Like, it's like that trend cycle, it's so fast. And another resurgence I've seen is like emo, which now that one, absolutely. Like the fact that Willow Smith is making fucking like pop punk music, but it's obviously like not, but it's almost like too on the nose of a, mm. of a reference point, you know? Yeah. I don't know what it says about like Gen Zers that they're going into the emo stuff because I'm like, are they like emo at heart? Or is it just latching on to the aesthetics because it's like a weird and fun aesthetic to play with? Yeah, I think it just seems like the aesthetic because there's not really any emo bands, so there's not really like this subculture of you would find your fellow emo at school or mm. whatever. I don't know, I wasn't a fucking emo. Um, but like, I feel like now it's just, yeah, purely aesthetic. Like, And also the Willow Smith stuff kind of feels like maybe there's just like some like millennial behind the scenes being like, hey, dress like this. Yeah, yeah. It'll, oh, it'll sure. get the likes. Yeah, and you'll get the millennials yeah. on board because they'll be like, I don't yeah. remember when I used to dress like that. It's yeah. <laughs> and like well, collaborate with Travis Barker because yeah. like she was like an emo or whatever the fuck, you know? It's like, it's so curated, but mm-hmm. like apparently it's popping off. Um, okay, well, I guess we'll leave it there. I think that was really great conversation. Loved chatting to you, Eden. Thank you for chatting. Yeah, I loved it so much. Thank you for having me. It was great. And guys, I'll leave all of Eden's socials in the description. You should go follow her. Uh, She is fantastic. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.